Talk Recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be, across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Community's Roundtable Podcast. This is podcast number 373. My name is Eric Nilsson, and with me today, I have my co-host, manager of the VXPR program, Corey Romero. Corey, how are you today? Hey, Eric. I'm doing fantastic. How, about, how are you doing? Oh, so cheery, so cheery. It's raining again in California, as you might know. The <laughs> reservoirs are full. They're dumping water out of the reservoirs. We've had 60 days of pure no sunshine rain. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's all good. It's all good. I'm, it did I'm, stop I'm, for a day or two. Yeah, it did stop for a day or two. Uh, you know, the, the, the sun was, was looking great, feeling great, and then, yeah, this morning rain again. California. So good times here. We, we have a great podcast for you today. On the show today, we have Tim Davis, Senior Systems Engineer uh, for NSX. Uh, and we also have Sean O'Dell, uh, Staff Systems Engineer for the NSBU. And we're going to be talking about operationalizing NSX, how we go off the shelf into production, some of the tricks, some of the things they want to talk about there. Uh, should be a great show. So uh, we'll introduce these guys in a minute. I know they're on the line. Thanks for all the people that are online in the chat. It's really great to have people show up live. Uh, excited about that. Uh, 2017, we're firing off the podcast. Uh, we're going all the way, scheduled all the way out through February already. So uh, looking forward to a great year again. Uh, Corey, in the news, what have you been working on with the experts? So VExpert, so applications have closed for VExpert. Um, so right now we are in the voting phase. So what happens in the voting phase is we go through all the fast-track applications and fast-track our current VExperts, and then we go through the new VExpert applications, and we thoroughly vet all of the data in those applications through uh, many people on several different teams. And then um, I, of course, go through and do a final uh, yes-no, final tally and vote of the entire program. Uh, we should have results on February 8th for the 2017 VExpert program. And, 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 and do you, have you registered at any gift store or anything like that so people that you know, want to influence that have a place to go? Yeah, and so I registered at the Bugatti dealership. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to shoot big here. I'm going to aim high. <laughs> aim high. Aim high. Big, dream, dream big. Dream big. You got yeah, exactly. All right, well, exactly. You're doing all that hard work. I hope everybody got their applications in. If they didn't, uh, you can always send your stuff to Corey and beg and plead, and he might not ignore you. Hard to say. I'm sure Corey Just shoot me an email. Yeah, Exactly. Um, in the news, before we get the show, we're, we're doing just a little lightweight news today. Um, we are announcing earnings next week. We're pretty excited about that. Uh, should should be fun to hear how VMware is doing. Been some good press out there on the Amazon uh, deal that we did, connecting Amazon through NSX um, and other infrastructure capabilities, so that the true hybrid cloud is enabled. And we've gotten really good press and really uh, interesting earnings write-ups uh, and future earnings write-ups in the press, all public. I'm not talking anything that isn't out there in the public. But it's exciting to see the NSX connectivity story starting to happen where you're building true hybrid clouds uh, connecting through an NSX fabric, uh, which is very topical for today's show because we're talking about operationalizing NSX. But before we go there, Corey, there's actually an NSX, the expert program as well, right? Yes, there is. We have about uh, 122 V experts um, who have been awarded with the NSX uh, award for V expert, um, and we're having our first official call, which is next week. 
um, for the NSF, the expert NSX program. And it's our first official call uh, when it comes to talking about, uh, we're gonna have some, some announcements and some different things that we're gonna, we're gonna talk about. It's actually really exciting stuff. I can't talk about it here on this call. All I can say is uh, it's gonna be a really, really good call if you receive my invite. Um, if you can't attend live, please do. If you can't, we will have a recording for you. Fantastic. That's good. Yeah. And, uh, and just to, to also hammer that home, you know, because of the expert program has grown to, you know, approximately 1,500 V experts, you know, for 2016 and 2017, we've also now tried to segment these programs into smaller groups that are focused on technology areas so that, you know, we can have these smaller conversations and get people evangelizing and engaging and being leaders uh, in the technology areas themselves versus, you know, the global. We still have the global program. Pat's really excited about it, still loves it. Uh, but as we move this program forward, it's also looking at these segmented audiences around technologies. And you can be a V expert that's in the global program, but also be an NSX V expert, as well as VSAN. And what's the other one? I think there's three, right? Right now we have VSAN, VSAN, we have NSX. Oh, all right, so two. Okay, perfect. Um, uh, well, okay, so with that, uh, love that you have an NSX program. Love that we're you know, that, that the press has been talking about the fact that we have a true hybrid environment now, and NSX is a big component of that, which now leads into the podcast with Tim Davis and Sean O'Neill. So Tim Davis is on the, on the call, Senior System Engineer, uh, NSX. Uh, Tim, why don't you say hello and introduce yourself. Yeah, hi there. As you said, my name is Tim. Um, I've been with the NSBU for almost a year now, um, and I work with enterprise and enterprise select customers in the pre-sales role here out of the Dallas area. Okay, excellent, excellent. So pre-sales, uh, which is where all the activity goes to get everybody comfortable with uh, what, what we're doing, right? So neat. Yep, training, uh, enablement, teaching, uh, that's what I do more often than not. Perfect. Uh, so Sean O'Dell, uh, staff system engineer uh, with the NSBU. Sean, welcome to the program. Uh, have you ever been on the program before? No, this is actually the first time. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, that's probably more my fault than anything. But uh, I've been with VMware a little over six years now, probably six and a half years now. Uh, honestly, that's two stints, and it's kind of weird, but you, you'll understand as we get into the call today. Um, I was at VMware as a uh, systems engineer covering operations, automation, really the cloud management stack uh, for about four and a half years. And then, yes, I left the holy grail of VMware and went to a startup called Arkin. I was SE number one. And uh, if uh, kind of a trivia question, Arkin was then purchased by VMware back in June of 2016. And I am back as a VMware badge. So, uh, you know, today my responsibilities uh, definitely the same thing as Tim. I cover the entire globe, though, um, kind of a different role. But uh, my focus is helping customers operationalize NSX, all that fun stuff. Sorry for the long one, but kind of a crazy story. Well, we have a whole hour for podcasts, so it's great to hear people. And I think people come and listen to the podcast and listen online and listen in their cars just to meet the people and get to know who are important people making things happen. So it's great that you guys introduce yourself. Uh, Sean, where are you out of? Uh, I, uh, an airport. Is, is that <laughs> no, uh, Terminal uh, B? No, <laughs> I was going to say, 
DSW Airport Terminal D. Um, I am uh, I'm based out of Dallas, Fort Worth. I live in Fort Worth, Texas. All right. Of course. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Good to know where everybody is globally. Uh, we've got everybody all over the world here. Um, so let's get into NSX, and the topic for today is operationalizing, and I think we might have you guys back, you know, later when we talk about things. So um, what, what are the, some of the, before we get into that, like, how is NSX doing in the market? What are you guys seeing? Do you think NSX is actually getting traction? I know we've had, over the last two or three years, availability problems, hard to get it for hands. I think we've got that solved. What are you seeing in the market now? Are we starting to see the hunt from NSX, the experts? Uh, how do you feel about adoption and market acceptance of NSX? I think personally, uh, adoption's been very, uh, very well, you know, received. Um, as far as adoption rates, um, NSX has actually surpassed vSphere in terms of product growth rate. Yep, and, and I would add to that just a little bit further is, you know, from a from a outsider perspective, which I was for about 14 months as an NSX partner, um, now being back in the fold, it, it's interesting. Customers have kind of gone through this interesting transition where they looked at NSX and said, eh, maybe later, um, or maybe here I'll do a pilot program, you know, whatever it may be. But honestly, through 2016, uh, without getting into too many numbers, because we really can't, I'll say this, customers, whether it's uh, small, medium businesses, all the way to, you know, large enterprise, global, you know, 50 organizations, the the adoption in production of NSX has grown exponentially, and I think you'll see a lot more of that um, coming from customer stories, you know, throughout the year. So uh, growth has been phenomenal. Yeah, I think people getting the idea of network, you know, a software layer between your network switches, right? It's becoming more and more common. Some of the big players in the in the network hardware, including Cisco, are kind of coming on board to VMware being a leader in this space. I think that stuff is kind of, for me, just looking outside, watching, you know, the social messaging going on, that seems to be what's happening, right? Like we, we definitely pass a critical mass or a tipping point where, you know, people are starting to accept this idea and that this idea could scale out and be a real way to build out your network topology moving forward, not just VMware pitching it to people, right? And I, I think you're absolutely right in that. Um, but I mean, the stuff that we're doing with NSX really has been going on for quite some time. I mean, there has been overlays in networking for quite some time. There has been virtual networking, like we've been using virtual switches with VMware for a while. Uh, with vCloud networking and security before NSX was around, we were doing this kind of technology. Um, but really, now that we've kind of, you know, got NICERA in, we've got Arkin in for, you know, monitoring and all that, we're really putting together a platform that people starting to adopt, not just, hey, that's a cool piece of technology, let me kind of play with it over here. They're actually using NSX as a platform for their entire environment. Right, right. Okay, so the message is good. The market's starting to turn. It's tipping. Uh, everybody's getting on board with this. Then we have this idea that, hey, great, somebody above, an architect, whatever, bought this stuff. You know, and we're here to talk about you know, what's the best way to get started and show value. Uh, and I know that we you know, had some conversation about you know, NSX security, distributed firewall, um, what is the best way to get started in, in NSX, in, in your opinion, on what you're seeing out in the market? What have 
been some of the success, success stories and strategies to start, you know, adopting this technology? Well, NSX is one of those products where we actually have so many different use cases, it's really hard to say, you know, go with this one or go with that one. Um, really, they kind of fit into three main categories, uh, security, uh, automation, and business continuity. Um, but the one that we see the fastest adoption and move to production with is going to be in the security space, um, and that's specifically with our distributed firewall product. Um, the reason that I think I you know, that we see that the most is that that's actually the easiest way to go from, hey, I just bought NSX, I have the bits and the license, how do I get it going on day one? Um, and that's because really it doesn't have a lot of overhead necessary in terms of, you know, like a network MTU or something like that that you may need with virtual networking. You just install the OVA, you connect it to vCenter, and you can automatically just start going in and making security policy without having to reboot any of your hosts or anything. But it's kind of a real rapid way to go from nothing to saying, hey, I'm running NSX in my environment. Well, let me add to that. And I think that's probably the, the, the biggest key. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding from, from whether it's, you know, VMware engineers or, you know, uh, enterprise architects out in the world is, is when we talk about network and security, we talk about NSX, it's like, oh, my, I'm going to have to make these major, you know, astronomical, you know, business type of uh, changes to my environment. And that's really just not the case. Um, simplicity is the key. Um, and, and as Tim said, security really does provide that. So, we, you know, we talk about distributed firewall and we, we put things in place that are low impact or honestly no impact in many ways. It, it helps customers and it helps those, you know, admins and engineers get over that first hurdle. Um, and, and I, you know, I personally, I'm, I'm amazed at the adoption rate of, you know, organizations who've been very hesitant um, simply because they thought they were going to have to make significant changes. But in reality, we're not making any modifications to the physical network. And that right there is the number one thing that I think a lot of customers have hesitation doing. And so micro-segmentation security start from there. All right, so, you know, in my novice thing of if you were going and you hadn't played with NSX today and you wanted to go get it, download it, put it somewhere, take me through the process. What's the, is it a day-long process? Is it a three-day-long process? Where do I have to start planning to be able to, you know, pull this in and, and start doing something? Could you take me through, like, what it would take for me, you know, just the key steps to set up a distributed firewall? Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and this is something where, um, like, I do POCs as part of my uh, proof of concepts as part of my job function to make sure that companies, you know, get a hands-on on the product, make sure they're successful. Um, and generally for a POC kickoff meeting where we're actually in there installing the product, configuring it, and then walking out, uh, we set up about four hours. And most of the time, that's a little more time than we would need. We just give ourselves a little bit of buffer in case something comes up or questions or anything like that. Uh, the process of putting the distributed firewall in is simply you download the NSX appliance, which is a, a single OVA or OVF template, and you'll deploy that out into your vCenter environment. You can give it an IP, some passwords during deployment. And once that powers up, there's a web UI that you can uh, connect to the NSX manager interface where you go in and you give it your credentials for your vCenter server. 
Once you do that, NSX Manager actually goes out and connects and talks to the vCenter server and tells it, hey, you have a new function, and it's called networking and security. At that point in time, you can go into the vCenter UI just like you normally would on the web interface, and you would have a new tab on there called networking and security. From there, the very first sub-item on that is called installation. And this is really where we kind of go through and we prep the environment for NSX. And what that means for us is going into the clusters and prepping the clusters. Uh, all of NSX is done at a cluster level, not at an individual host level. So when you prep a cluster, and maybe six months down the road, you, from capacity planning, add in a couple of hosts, those hosts, since they're NSX enabled, will automatically get the files necessary. So once you go in and you select the cluster and you click install, the NSX manager reaches out to those hosts and it installs three VMware installation bundle packages, which tell it how to do VXLAN, how to do distributed firewall and things of that nature, really just augmenting, uh, augmenting the kernel space for ESX for what we do. Um, and once we install those, uh, those files, which on a cluster size of 10 hosts, I mean, you're talking about a, a a number of minutes you can count on a single hand uh, generally, at that point in time, you can immediately start making distributed firewall policy. Nothing else is necessary after that. Um, the whole process generally for that, from nothing to deploying the appliance, connecting it, and installing the installation bundles can take maybe a half hour. And at that point in time, you can immediately go in and start making firewall policy. When I, when I go through this, I mean, I'll just ask them some simple questions that I always get when I'm trying to manage my firewalls. Like, when, when it sets up the firewall, does it leave everything open? Um, am I, like, I always worry when I'm going to go set up an install, you know, gateway or a firewall in place, that all of a sudden ports are going to be inactive and I'm going to see my network turn off for, you know, X number of VMs because I didn't, you know, I don't know the defaults of everything that I'm installing. How do I manage this install cluster process knowing that I'm not going to distribute my, just have policies that are default that are going to change my behavior in my network as I go through this. So that's the great thing about our firewall is we're not actually running in line with your network, so to speak. Um, we're running in kernel space between the VNIC of the virtual machine and the virtual switch. And by default, our firewall is allow all. So you can go in and you can turn that firewall on and since the default rule is allow all, it's just going to allow all traffic no matter what. So we're not going to start black holing traffic or denying traffic. Uh, there are some firewall vendors that their default policy is deny all. And going in and installing a firewall like that and turning it on can definitely be disruptive. That's why we make sure that we're non-disruptive in that process. Well, let me, let me add one thing to that, Tim, and, and this is more kind of a setup question for you is, you know, obviously we go through the installation, we do the preparation, we, we prepare the clusters. Uh, does the distributed firewall policy get automatically turned on for every virtual machine, or do I have to manually go in and add a VM to a specific policy? By default, when you configure a cluster for NSX, every single one of those virtual machines automatically gets distributed firewall to it. Um, but by default, sure. the policy list is just one little rule that says allow all. So there automatically is firewall policy for every VM in a prepped cluster. 
but it doesn't have any policy that would say a lot or any denies. Yep, that's that true. happens once and, you and re- policy. And, and really, it's the simplicity of it. I mean, obviously, you have to be you know ready to go up and running. But I think what what a lot of customers get into is, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down you know a, a production workload. Well, number one, why are you doing a POC eval in a production environment anyway? But <laughs> uh, but in reality. If you're in a lab, you're, you're kind of in a, you know, it's, it's, it's not the old school, not to pick on, uh, you know, VMware in the past. It's not the old V-Shield Edge, turn it on, and I can't have connectivity. Uh, we, we've, we've done a lot of things. We put a lot of, you know, pre- uh, preventative measures in place to keep customers from shutting stuff down when they, uh, when they deploy the uh, distributed firewall from the onset. Okay, so that, make, that makes me feel good. I, I'm following along. I get this. Um, have you done this at customer clients and have you had any problems with this process Um, and should we be trying to do this on a quasi-production network or should I be running this in some kind of scenario make sure it all works and then uh, try to figure out what production area I'm going to try to attempt this at so as a pre-sales systems engineer I am bound by a rule from on high of I do not touch production. I, I am not to touch any production systems. Uh, when we go in and we do POCs, uh, we always, always recommend a completely separate stack of hardware in order to dedicate to the POC for non-production purposes. Right. Okay. Just, just making sure that everybody understands that, that your process is come in, you have non-production environments that you can go through this with, and you can get this running and then, you know, start your training process and learning what rules you want to implement and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, using NSX, um, don't do this directly in production for your first time. Now, that's not to say so, that we can't mimic production. So with me, I'm in enterprise and enterprise select, so really, really large customers. Um, who generally have the budget and things like that for you know la- non-production lab, and what I've seen on several of the big customers, they've actually taken some of their production applications and made clones of them into the non-prod lab, so that they could mimic production without actually touching what makes them their money. Well, and and, and I'll add this, and you know I can remove my my VMware badge if I was to, to give you this answer, but while I was at Arkin <laughs> working with customers. And I got to be honest with you, I, I sat there, I never touched the production environment, but I actually sat there and saw customers, whether I like it or not, um, deploy NSX in production while I'm sitting in the room. And, and that's, you know, obviously being at VMware, that made me extremely nervous. Um, but the reality is, even when they did that, uh, it, it wasn't, you know, making any modifications or there was nothing preventing a VM or, a, you know, a cluster, whether it's management or whatever it may be from actually functioning and shutting down. So, um, yeah, sure, there's a vid that has to get installed, but remember, we're talking about a, you know, in-kernel, and so it's not making any true modifications. There's no reboots involved. It's very seamless, and whether I suggest to do it in production without testing now, I think we all understand that, but it, it, it's not going to make any changes. Um, and I haven't, you know, personally seen it, you know, blow up a <laughs> blow up an environment. Okay. Okay. So, Got that, makes sense. Uh, licensing, if I want to go play with this in a non-production environment, what's the route for me? Do I buy a license somewhere to get the, make this happen? Or what have you seen at customer sites with regard to you know, making sure you have the right license to start this process? 
your best way of doing that is to contact your friendly neighborhood NSX SE. Uh, if you're not sure who that is, you'll contact your VMware sales rep, and they can get you connected with your NSX SE. Yep, and for and for those organizations that are you know working directly with VMware partners, maybe not VMware directly, um, there are NSX uh, you know validated and verified partners, and they have the same you know opportunities and capabilities to get customers license keys, get them all set up and running, and maybe even work through them with an eval, a POC, and uh, and and just so we don't forget, this is not only NSX; this also works for. Uh, for VMware vRealize Network Insight, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we get into uh, true operationalization of, uh, of NSX on today's call. Right, which is, which is probably a good lead, you know, before we transition to, okay, I've managed to make this thing work as a firewall, what, what are some of the other easy wins I can do? Are there, is there anything else we want to talk about with regard to firewall before we move on to kind of like, what would be my next step of, you know, easy wins here? Uh, anything else on firewall? <laughs> Yeah, um, this is going to be Sean's arena. Um, a lot of people think, you know, great, I have this firewall now, um, but the question with them is, how do I start building my policy? Um, because it can be very daunting, especially with what people think of in traditional firewalls where you're looking at 50,000 lines of IP addresses in and out. Um, with the NSX distributed firewall, we give you the ability to create your firewall policy based on dynamic objects from vCenter, such as the VM name, what operating system the VM name is running and things like that. Um, so even though we do personally make it easier just within NSX, we also have tools available to us that help us to kind of take a look at what is communicating in our vCenter, um, how are we able to take those flows, correlate that data, and build a strategic policy around that. Well, and, and, and one thing I would, you know, kind of elaborate there, and, and I want to, you know, we've, we've kind of transitioned, we've done the installation of NSX, it, it works like it's supposed to, uh, you know, distributed firewalling, all that good stuff. And, and, and one thing we get from customers, and I think this is the, the key, and I, I'm going to be careful not to mention some stuff coming out in the future, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of walk the line here. Um, but NSX is a platform. Let, let's remove management operations tools from the conversation a little bit. You know, VMware has built in, uh, you know, just like we had in the physical space. I mean, we've got, you know, the, the traditional, we've got uh, uh, a CLI, we've got a GUI, we've got SNMP, you know, all of these features and functions, NetFlow or IP fixes, you might call it, are all built into the platform. So you can utilize um, your existing um, investments, assets in the network space to, to truly help you manage, operate it, whatever it may be. But the, the, the key is, you know, as a platform, NSX, and what you'll see in the future, um, without getting into too many version numbers, um, we're actually going to provide you the ability to look into a VM and look at the traffic and understand, on, and this is really a smaller scale, hey, how do I, you know, what, what ports, what protocols, what communications are occurring on a VM to help me build that policy? Uh, now, that, that, that's meant to be kind of a, a very generic introductory method, uh, but you'll be seeing that in NSX in the near future just to, to, to help you get started uh, along the path. But uh, I want to be clear, it's not going to help you with every VM because it's meant to be small scale. Um, but going back to the question Tim mentioned, and, and one of the things that customers have always said, look, uh, and, and if you've heard any of my you know, 
sessions of VMworld um, last year. Um, the, the question I always get is, great, I love this firewall. Um, it's a firewall. It's a staple firewall. It does what it's supposed to do. You know, how do I actually get this deployed in production? Um, and, and, and really what this comes down to is, no, it's not an NSX. You know, it's, a, it's not a capability or feature function. It's honestly, um, we've done a really good job with exterior or perimeter firewalls. And we know, well, I'd say we did a good job. I would argue we do a terrible job. But anyway, how do I know what traffic that, uh, that I need to allow or deny inside of the data center or in that east-west space? And so customers, they love the distributed firewall. They're struggling how to do micro-segmentation. I've honestly seen customers go from, you know, organization or line of business or team-to-team -team application owner to application owner, Visio diagram, you know, and they develop this human policy, no offense to us humans, um, and when they do that, they implement the micro-segmentation policies in firewalls, and it fails miserably. No, no, not NSX fails miserably. Their policies and their data gathering failed miserably. So as, as we kind of go throughout the conversation today, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, but remember, NSX is a policy based upon what you and I know. And, uh, and so hopefully, you know, customers will start to see, hey, there is a way to gather this information. And this leads us into the operations conversation. Right, right. Well, I, yeah, I, I, can, I can see that. I mean, it, that, that comes back to scaling. How do you scale this? How do you determine the data you need to be able to build the policies? How do you have visibility into what's actually flowing legitimately? Um, and how, how, do you, how, do you, how do you manage those policies once you have implemented them? And how much human capital is it going to require you to manage, you know, micro-segmentation policies? Now, as you, as you build out a big virtual infrastructure with network fabric and, uh, you know, uh, hybrid, hybrid data centers, this is part of the cost of, you know, having that infrastructure, right? It, it, it is work to do it, and, and hopefully, you know, we, we get smarter and allow you to drill down to be able to set these policies, and maybe even you get AI that, you know, can do a lot of that work already, right? But uh, that's the cost of, of, of having a you know, hybrid cloud slash, you know, large virtual fabric, right? Yep, and, uh, and, and, and what's, what's funny is I've, I've actually had customers tell me, hey, I really think VMware should be able to tell me what my policy should be. And, 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 and uh, look, I, I understand it. Um, I, I think there's a lot of frustration in the, you know, from, a, from an architect, from an engineer who has to develop a firewall. And, and my response to that was, well, you know, did you go to, you know, Cisco or Palo Alto or, you know, Juniper or whomever your perimeter firewall or, you know, vendor of choices, and did you have them develop the policies? And they're like, oh, well, no, so I guess I shouldn't have VMware. No, we, we really shouldn't define your policies for you. So what, what VMware has done, you know, really what attracted me, and you know, kind of to the beginning to Arkin, um, was our, you know, the ability of the, of the Arkin platform, what we refer to now as Network Insight, uh, or vRealize Network Insight, is, is not only the ability to, to operate and manage NSX, but we refer to this as planned security or planning micro-segmentation. Um, and so just in a, in a kind of a short you know, understanding, organizations are asking for, you know, what, what, are, what does my east-west traffic look like? What firewalls, what, what policies, what should I put in place from an inbound and outbound perspective? So Network Insight simplicity, um, it doesn't require NSX. 
It doesn't require routing or anything of that you know, nature on NSX. Um, all we do is actually go to the virtual distributed switch and gather IP fix NetFlow data, which is you know, the traditional five tuple info, uh, which is source destination port protocol. Uh, and Network Insight will, will provide you know, the ability to look through that data over time, you know, whether it's seven days, whether it's 30 days, and basically give you pure recommendations of what your new firewall, you know, distributed firewall policy should be based upon real-time observed traffic within your data center. And so that's where this becomes a very real conversation with our customers. Is they, they look at this and say, you know, how do I get started? Okay, well, you know what, why don't I use that traffic? And, and Network Insight has allowed customers to observe that traffic. Um, and honestly, within a day or two, which I think you need a longer sample size, now Network Insight will actually give you, hey, you need to go create this security group, here's all the VMs that are in this security group based upon whatever you know, construct or you can define that application yourself. And then it will actually allow you to export the recommended firewall rules, plug that into an NSX API, and you have the distributed firewall policies based upon what you've seen historically inside your data center. Okay, right, right. Um, and so, and really, this this transitions into you know management. Um, I think this has been a great topic to to help everyone understand. You know, here's a quick win to put as NSX in place. So I'm going to pull up level this conversation a little bit and say, okay, um, we've got about 20 minutes left on the podcast. Um, if I want to go next step uh, using NSX. What's, what's the most likely, easier win? I'm starting to learn NSX. I'm getting comfortable with it. Uh, what's the next thing I try to tackle? Is it management? Uh, be realized? What are we doing? Well, so, so let me, let me and, I, and I think Tim and I would probably have somewhat differing opinions or, or even you know, customers. I, I really think it comes down to the use case of our customers. And I don't want to... I don't want to pigeonhole uh, NSX into being just a you know micro segmentation uh, distributed firewall you know solution. I think I think depending on what um, our you know what what you as an organization what your customers are doing, um, if if they're looking at automation of you know deploying workloads and they need to not only to, you know build out a, a web app and DB tier but they want to define the network with it. Um, it, it truly is about you know if, if they're going full SDDC. And, and automation in that space, I mean, look, at that point in time, sure, you need to use a distributed firewall, but, but really you probably need to look at VXLAN and overlay networking and, and, and how all of that would be a benefit to your organization. So, you know, to short answer, I think it really comes down to what the customer use case is. Look, if, right, if, if, it's, a security or, if it's a security org that says they need security, great, go DFW. If it's automation, if it's infrastructure, go that route. Let me revise the question based on the audience. Our audience is, you know, maybe three or four thousand the experts and other, you know, high-end people that are really good admins, right? They've got their home labs, they got production, they got non-production environments. They're just wanting to pull this down, get use cases, start to learn it, and build that in their tool bag of, hey, I've done these things with NSX. So from a from a V expert lab, running my own home lab, ah. I'm starting to get familiar with NSX. What's the next thing from an educational perspective that might be an easy win for me to start learning? That's network more. virtualization. 
So <laughs> distributed firewall is definitely your fastest way to say, hey, look, I'm running NSX. Um, but right. really, if you want to get into the brawn of everything for like, hey, I'm actually doing network virtualization, um, that's going to be going in and starting to configure all of the you know, VXLAN uh, on all of your ESX hosts, um, setting up the underlay physical network to support it, which really, we don't care what your underlay looks like. It could be you know, any of different brands or anything like that. We just have a couple of really basic requirements that all of your ESX hosts can talk to each other over IP network and that you also have a minimum MTU size of 1,600 on any place that the VXLAN is going to touch. Um, the reason for that is the fact that VXLAN encapsulation adds a 50-bit or 50-byte header to the packet. So um, general MTU is going to be 1,500. That plus the uh, the 50 will be 1,550. But for the sake of adding a little more, we just say 1,600 uh, to make sure that you've got enough room in there um, for possible growth later in the product. So once you have well, a couple it, of roles, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, one, one thing I would do, and, and maybe I'm a, a, a simple man, but I'm a huge fan of the hands-on labs, and I understand, you know, maybe I want to do it in my own lab. So what what, what, what I actually did, um, you know, I went through, and this is back in the day, I went through all the uh, hands-on labs, you know, make sure to get comfortable, all that good stuff. And then what I did in my home lab, which maybe we'll have another conversation another day about my home lab, um, it might, might as well be a small enterprise, um, I actually went through and built the hands-on lab environment, uh, you know, related to NSX inside of my home lab. Um, so I was the one walking through. I was doing the installation. I was setting it up. You know, at the time it was, you know, it wasn't the greatest networking gear underneath, but it didn't matter. It, it really is, you know, coming up to, you know, looking at those simple ways to get your hands on. I'm a huge fan of touch. And so in that case, build it out yourself. Yeah, he, he's right. Hands-on labs, definitely, I mean, ever, anybody on the planet that has access to the Internet can go and play with NSX for free right this second. You can go to hands-on labs, spin up an NSX pod, play with it, break it, do whatever you want, and then, you know, be done with it. You don't have to own any gear. You don't have to download any bits or have any key. It's just there and ready to go for you. Um, so far and away, that is the easiest way. Uh, but we all know that as V experts, we don't like that. We want to have a data center in our house. Um, yep. And I, I know what Sean's got for gear for the most part. I've got a two-post full rack in my, uh, in my office that I run you know, home lab stuff out of. And really, being able to go through and build it out, you've got distributed firewall running, you've got VXLAN configured. Um, my aha moment was the first time that I deployed a distributed logical router and was able to ping all the way from my laptop on my wireless all the way through my physical lab gear into NSX and ping this IP that I know for a fact didn't exist on any of my physical gear. That was one of the coolest things I had ever seen. Nice, nice. All right. Well, that answered that that answered that question in, in a sense of you know go get it, start start building it as a, you know, a virtual network environment uh, and, and, and learn the guts of NSX. Um, maybe we should uh, talk about business continuity or automation. Are there other places in, you know, in corporate world that you, know, you want to cover today just to talk about kind of places you might consider looking at as you, as you move forward? 
uh, automation and business continuity uh, are definitely, other than security, the two you know main buckets for use cases that we see. Um, I personally, in enterprise customers, see a lot of automation initiatives where people are like, hey, we need to automate this would be awesome. Um, and we can definitely be a help in automation. But the most of the time, the actual needs that we see comes from business continuity. Um, and with NSX, we're definitely helping that out in a, to a degree, like integrating with things such as SRM, where instead of having to fail over and re-IP everything on the other side, we can provide these universal logical constructs such as the uh, you know, universal logical switch and universal distributed logical router, uh, giving you the ability to have stretched layer two network segments even across layer three. And that can be in different racks, same rack, different cities, different states, uh, all the way across the world. These servers can be sitting on opposite sides of the earth from each other and still be layer two adjacent, which may not sound like a lot, but that's actually um, really, really helpful in terms of business continuity. So are there, are, are there yep. people that have done kind of architectural diagrams of how you might look at trying to set this up, or uh, what else should we build when it comes to learning about business continuity, you know, design, using it? Absolutely. I mean, there's, there's tons of reference architectures out there for how to get this done, um, and that's officially from VMware and also from, you know, some of the many, many V-expert or even non-V-expert bloggers out there who have played with NSX um, with architectural diagrams, uh, even down to this is a step-by-step -step for how I did this. Um, I know there's a uh, software is one of our biggest partners with NSX, um, and there's a video from one of our SEs that works with the software account who's actually gone and set up an environment where they're v-motioning a VM from the United States to Australia, not having to re-IP it, not having to do anything. He's just clicking a button, and 20 seconds later, it's there. It's up, it's running, it lost maybe one ping. So, I mean, there's so many resources out there that you can Google search and start finding for how are other people using it, how are they setting it up, what do they think about the product. That sounds, that sounds awesome, right? Like I, I could see once you got to that level, um, in, in a real sense, you know, for SRM or other stuff, you, you need to have, have your network, you know, you have to have that capability set up. But once you do that, then you start building the network fabric that would support that without needing to re-IP everything. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, so that's, that's – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yep, that's right. Yep. All right. Yep. So business continuity, another great place, and it absolutely just shows value, right? Because it's, it's easy to say, look, here's a, a whole set of tasks that we used to do. Now we, we don't have to do that. Um, I, I know that one of the things that have kept me back in this space, or at least as I daydream about it, is, you know, cost per port, right? Where, you know, you're, you're all of a sudden you have to, you know, pay for NSX per port, um, do you guys know much about that? I mean, most of us just don't understand what the, what the pricing is on some of the stuff, and, and we don't have to talk detailed pricing, but from a very high level, is this competitive to other SRN type of environments? Um, how, you know, do I have to go talk to my boss about you know, increasing my budget in order to build out this fabric? What have you seen out in the market and people trying to, to look at this? Is this just generally another cost? I get it in my ELA. I, I, you know, I have it. What do I have to start worrying about when I'm talking about 
cost of building out this network fabric? We definitely see it lots and lots of different ways. Um, uh, a lot of times we have been seeing it, you know, in ELAs. Um, I can't talk to, to costings and things like that. Uh, I'm not the numbers guy. Um, NSX is licensed per socket for your ESX environment. I guess uh, that's I've heard rumors of all kinds of weird pricing, and I don't know what that pricing looked like. So do they do a per-socket-based pricing, much like we, we, we do for here? Yes, we are, we are per-socket, um, and we actually have three tiers of licensing, depending on what kind or, you, or what kind of use case you have. Um, we, you know, standard, advanced, and then enterprise edition. Depending on what you're going to be doing with it, we'll tell you what kind of uh, you know, size license you need for that. Um, and really, depending on your agreements with VMware and everything like that, the cost could be so different in either direction. There's really no way to kind of estimate what it would be for, you know, this customer or that customer or you or what have you. Yeah, and I'll just say from a very high level, you know, there was this rumor back, you know, two years ago when NSX came out that it was, it was going to be based on the number of ports that are active, network ports, IP addresses. Uh, there was discussion about a network traffic usage cost, things like that. Um, but we're really getting back to, no, this is more traditional socket-based pricing, much like I would buy a vSphere server and, you know, pay based on that. Is that kind of the model for NSX? I mean, I'm just That's really high. Absolutely correct. Okay. Right. So something that you could easily, you know, you could easily cover in a, a standard IT budget where I'm just buying some licenses around ESX. I buy some licenses around NSX. It's per socket, and then then it's just based on how large my infrastructure is and how big a rollout I'm doing, how many servers yeah. I need to handle. That and thing. there's also other things that could come into it um, because you would say that yes, NSX is an added cost, but what we can also look at things that we can help you with. So there's a lot of customers out there right now that like let's say they're with Cisco and they have Nexus 5K and 7K switches. Well, obviously, Cisco is going to be coming to them and asking them, hey, you know, let's, let's move you up to the Cisco 9K. Let's get you 9K throughout. Um, let's, you know, license you for ACI and all that. And that is generally, if you're a Cisco shop, that's going to be your next step because that's where all of their, you know, all of their intelligence and cool features and their, you know, software-defined networking comes from. But with NSX, we're saying, you know, yeah, we'll, we're a little bit of extra budget, but we'll save you on your hardware life cycle where you don't have to upgrade to the super, super expensive switch right now. You can just go ahead and get, you know, any old switches you want, and we'll give you the ability to do all of that overlay networking and security and things like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Pushing that cost into software which ultimately is cheaper than buying these super expensive high-end switches, right? So, yeah, and there's uh, some of the most agile data centers on the planet, your Googles, your Facebooks, your Amazons. You know, they're not running, you know, a certain brand of switch. They're running whatever was cheaper that month because all of their, you know, agility and all of the, the cool stuff is all in the software space. Um, Google specifically uses what they call white box hardware for all of their compute storage, you know, and networking. Um, and it's all just cheap, no-name hardware that they run all of their software and stuff on top of. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yep, white box strategy for sure, uh, software. And, and I, I think, you know, the, the cost savings, when we, when we grew in virtualization, it was all just server consolidation, uh, saving money on gear. This is moving network functionality, you know, out of expensive switches 
into that, but also having security layered in, having the ability to be a dynamic, saves a lot of just administration costs as you move forward. So that, that all makes sense. Then you just, you're coming back to the, the cost savings, buy this stuff, get it, get licensed for it. You know, it's in the 5K, 6K, 8K range, but you're not, you're not paying data, you're not paying network ports, uh, all that kind of stuff. It's really just, you know, buying the software stack and connecting it to your, your, your switch fabric, whatever that might be. And then you can plan out how to save money on your switch fabric if you want to do that. Right. So, yeah, um, well, it, 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 the, the reality of that is, you know, with, with cost, pricing, switch fabrics, what is, you know, refresh cycles, there's a lot of conversation that goes into that, that honestly every organization has to, uh, has to define what their criteria are and when it makes sense for them. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, you know, people buy this stuff already, and then part of this, the conversation is, you've got the licenses, hey, we don't want it to be shelfware, we want you to have a good strategy for implementation, and this is some of the ways that you can get going as a V-expert uh, to, to start that journey, and this is what you've seen successful at other companies. Are there any kind of, you know, big grand scale implementations that you've been exposed to? And any, any things that you would say, wow, maybe you should stay away from this because, you know, this is, you know, this podcast is only listened to by experts, right? So, uh, you know, everybody that's here, you're listening to this, you're probably a fairly astute uh, VMware uh, ecosystem player. Um, things that we may want to stay away from or things that just go, these are high-risk activities that you've been exposed to? Oh, man. Podcast? <laughs> So, 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 so my, my big thing is, um, you know, check your MCU settings, especially when you start enabling VXLAN. Uh, and, and when you get into routing and, you know, routing between the overlay and underlay space, um, we, we tend to fat finger things when we, you know, talk OSPS. So be, be careful. Um, you, you, can, you can ruin a network if you forget to do a static route or dynamic route, whatever it may be. So just be careful with a few of the, what you would consider everyday configuration details of a network. Yeah, and that kind of brings up a, a good point, you know, here that I think of. And there's a lot of talk around the industry that with, you know, products like NSX, we're walking in as VMware, we're walking into customers and saying, you don't need your network anymore. We're VMware. Let your VMware guys do it. And that's not the case at all. We're not coming in and trying to take over the job of a network engineer and give it to the VMware folks. Um, we are a product that works in the VMware ecosystem. We're a VMware product, but you absolutely still need network guys to do network things. Um, generally, most of the time, you're not going to walk into a big shop or you know even a medium shop and have a VMware guy that knows how to troubleshoot OSPF or BGP. That's not to say that they might not have that person, but more often than not, they have network guys that do network things, VMware guys that do VMware things. Um, so we definitely want to keep that, you know, same thing, but we also kind of foster the communication of let's break down those silos a little bit. Let's have it to where everybody's kind of working together to provide a cloud service, not just network guy does network things, VMware guy does VMware things. Okay. That makes sense. I wondered about that, like, the, you know, where the, the admin and the network admin come together, the compute admin, data center admin versus the network admin come together. And I know there's been a lot of tension when we first rolled some of this stuff out. What does that mean? 
Um, I know some of that tension has drifted away as people start to understand this stuff. Um, and, you know, you, you clearly have to have a way to work with your networking uh, counterparts to be able to figure out strategies to, to deploy this, right? And th that's what you're covering. Um, and I see some of that tension going away. Do you guys see as SDN becomes more popular, both the admin, data center admins and the network admins or the shortly storage ash, all these guys starting to work together as teams. And do you see this job skills kind of starting to merge, or do you think we're going to have separate but integrated kind of working environments to build out kind of this whole, whole you know, hybrid cloud environment with network and compute all working on top of this fabric? So well, we've actually I'll, been I'll, seeing. Go ahead. Yeah, let me, let, me, let me jump on this. So this is kind of a fun one. So I don't know if anybody remembers back at VMworld. Uh, day one US in Vegas, uh, Guido was up on stage. He was talking with uh, a gentleman who I think was a little nervous at the time uh, by the name of John Spiegel, who was uh, up at Columbia Sportswear in, uh, in Oregon. And, and, and uh, I've had a, you know, a, a, a lot of conversations with John about this. And, and look, he, he basically told his team, he said, look, I know you're a VMware guy. I know you're a network guy. And, and we love to be there territorial. We, we love to be very, you know, I think archaic in some fashion. But, but John basically set his team down and said, you know, guys, gals, if, if we don't start working together, um, we're, we're not going to be able to succeed as an organization. And uh, he, he challenged his network team to become VMware administrators, and he challenged his VMware administrators to become network engineers. Um, and so whether it's, you know, us as individuals, as professionals, man, we've got to kind of, you know, remove our tribal, you know, territorial ways and uh, let's work together. Um, you know, they have the expertise in networking and switching. Uh, we have the expertise in virtualization. Uh, I think all of us working together is truly the way to do it. And organizations, whether it's, you know, management, engineers, architects, whomever it may be, um, honestly, they're breaking down the walls or forcing the walls to be broken. Um, and I think a lot of that is, is, is a good thing. Um, and and our, that's not even a VMware question or conversation. Um, that's really just say, hey, how can we work better together as an org? And so it's people process. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to do a quick shout out here. Like, um, so to Scott Lowe and his Full Stack Engineer podcast, um, if you haven't listened to that yet, it's extremely fantastic to listen to. And if you're you know, on the systems side of the house or if you're siloed as a network guy or a storage guy, um, you may see in the industry that some of those kind of you know, strong-held siloed people are starting to go away. We're having more of the cloud team-focused delivery where it will help you in your career to know the full stack, even if you're not an expert. So you can be an old school networking guy, but if you've got the skills to administrate VMware, to work with storage, to you know, know the application lifecycle and things like that, that's going to do nothing but help you in whatever your job role may be, whether it's a full stack engineer or just a storage guy. Well, the, the, my, my, my joke on that is don't become that, that mainframe engineer. Who, who literally is still doing mainframe. Um, we, we can grow past that. I mean, learn APIs, learn coding, learn networking. I mean, there's so many things that, uh, that we all can do as V experts and, and, and as, as general professionals. Man, let's expand the horizon a little bit, and I guarantee you not only will we become better as you know, individual contributors, but we'll be better in a team as well. Right. 
Right. I like I like uh, on on the chat. Uh, Graham's uh, comments are look, you, you need to become a compute storage and network guy, right? and and it, and because it's all software now and it's all managed through these interfaces, it actually is possible. Back in the you know five seven years ago, it was going to be impossible to learn all the things because everything was drilled down, config, manual processes, switch. You manage these switches through the OS as the switch OS. Uh, now as we build this layer, you're managing these policies and through universal GUIs, and it's a much more, you know, uh, real thing to be able to do. So I think it's, it's something that we all can all, you know, start to engage with, and, and, it, and it's fun, right? It's, it's fun to learn this stuff and learn new things. We're at the top of the hour. Um, anything else you guys want to partake in, talk about? Do you guys have Twitter? Can people follow you? Do you publish any blogs? Do you do, you do any outbound out there in uh, Texas, or are you just too busy working to, to do any other social <laughs> stuff that you guys get to do? I'll go first, Tim. You can go after me. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm horrible at blogging. Uh, I actually just started back up this year. I'm an IoT dork. Um, smart Home, Alexa, Smart Things, Wink. Uh, that, that's that's my world. I just don't have time to blog about it. But I've kind of promised that I would. So find me cloudychamps.io. It's pretty simple. Uh, but if you want to get a good laugh, whether you like it or not, I am on Twitter. The Sean Odell. Uh, you're not going to like everything I have to say, and I'm not going to like everything you're going to have to say, but guess what? We all have opinions. Sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, and uh, thanks for uh, having me on today. Yeah, this has been great. I really enjoyed uh, chatting with you guys. Uh, so, Tim, are you on Twitter? Anything else you want to share? How do people uh, pay attention to what you're up to? Yeah, I am uh, absolutely on Twitter, um, at A-L-D-T-D. Um, I've had that name for a long time, and I wish I could change it now. But um, I also have a blog at uh, vtimd.com. Um, I'm a V expert. I'm a V expert NSX. Um, I am always around in the community. Um, if you get a chance, if you're on Reddit, come to RVMware. I'm an administrator, a moderator there. So uh, you'll definitely see me out and about if you're uh, in the community anywhere. Good, good. Well, I hope to see you at VMworld and meet up with you. At A L D T D and uh, at the T H E, the Sean Odell. Uh, Sean Odell. Fantastic. Cool. Uh, enjoyed learning. I'm, I'm definitely going to get around to getting NSX going in our lab. Here we, we have a lab for the social team now, so we're going to play with it a little bit, see if we can do some of that. Um, very cool. Very nice. Very nice to meet you guys. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, and we'll see you out there on Twitter. And we have show next week. I don't know if Corey's around or, or Tommy's around. Do we know who the, next, the guest is for next week? I can give it a plug. I'm not even sure who we have next week. Next week is 18th, so probably the 25th. Wednesday the 25th. Anybody out there on chat? Hey, Eric, that yep. is the VCSA Part 1 Migration Windows to VCSA. I'm not sure who who that's with. Who the guest is, right? But we do have it, VCSA Migration yeah, Windows. It's, uh, it's another Texan, or I think he may be in California now. It's a Adam Urkel, maybe. Is it Adam Urkel? Or sorry, I, I, I thought it was. I pronounced the last it's name a mod. wrong. It's a mod. It's not Eck. Yeah, it's a mod. Uh, yeah, okay. That's All right, next is. week, mod noon. We'll try to get it out on social. We have like I think 25 people live at one point on the chat, so that's great to have everybody in. Nice to see everybody. 
Thanks for being here. And if you're listening in your car, uh, drive safe. And uh, it's, it's snowy and icy out there, so don't don't kill yourself while you're listening. Uh, thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you again next week. I am going to hit the big red end button now.